You're listening to Sports Tech Feed, the global sports technology podcast. Scott Gutterman, SVP Digital Operations at the PGA Tour. Welcome to Sports Tech Feed. Great to have you on the show. Great. Thank you, Thomas. Uh, happy to be here. So I personally, as a, I would describe myself a, a part-time golf fan, a, a fleeting interest golf fan, certainly not a diehard, but someone that has watched it throughout my life. Um, and I've been particularly impressed with the innovations the PGA Tour has rolled out this last year. So kind of giving you the floor to share some of um, these tech-powered innovations to the fan experience. So both on the course, um, people that are, that are attending there as you know, those diehard fans, and then also people like myself that are, that are watching on TV. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, uh, happy to talk about uh, many of the things that we're doing. You know, our, our goals here, you know, from the commissioner on down, always start with the fan. It's always how do we best serve the fan and best being, bring them closest to our players and to our events and to our tournaments. Uh, we've been very fortunate. Uh, I've been here now for almost 17 years. I've been very fortunate to have a great deal of support uh, from the from Commissioner Fincham uh, uh, before Commissioner Monahan and now Commissioner Monahan uh, to do a number of innovative things throughout the years that have helped develop our team and our sport uh, and 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 create different ways in which we engage with our fans. Um, uh, first and foremost, you know we have always looked at you know what what needs to be done to engage those fans, and as the number of ways that a fan can consume a sport begin to diversify, how do we approach each of those audiences and each, you know, each of the way that those audiences want to engage. So we've done some really interesting things, particularly over the last five years, uh, five to 10 years, really, as we took taken the digital business in-house, as we've get, begun to be creative. So uh, first and foremost for us is, um, you know, some of the work that we have done to, to bring more golf shots to our fans. So over the last three years, we've implemented uh, uh, a new, uh, a new approach at the Players' Championship, which is one of our biggest events every single year here in Ponte Vedra, which is every shot live. Um, we were the first professional golf tournament to ever present every shot from every group live from the first shot to the last shot across all 18 holes and all four days across the entire course. Um, and we did that uh, through our streaming partners uh, at, at first with NBC and then with the NBC and ESPN. Um, and that was really a step forward into the future where we think our fans should be able to engage with all of our players and watch any player at any time uh, that they want to throughout the entire course. That's really a model uh, for what we want to go and do, uh, go and do in the future for many of our events, if not all of our events at some point in time. And when you can do something like every shot live, there are many great things that you can spin off of that. Uh, first and foremost is that we can clip every single shot uh, from that, uh, from every shot live and post that out to our owned and operated platforms, our social platforms, we can now provide shots to our TV partners and our rights holders that otherwise would have never been seen because they're focused on just the leaders or they're focused on people at the top of the leaderboard. Um, and it just creates a whole series of opportunities that we'll begin to uh, uh, diversify on and continue to create. Um, and we're looking forward to, again, this year, working with ESPN and NBC uh, at the Players' Championship in 2023 to do it again. I think last year and the year before, we ended up uh, showing over 30,000 shots uh, across all four days, which is a, a pretty extraordinary load uh, that we were able to execute. And on the technical side, uh, that was all made uh, uh, all made possible by working with uh, AWS uh, to help provide us with all of the infrastructure that we need to grab all of that video off the course and then deliver it to our television and rights partners, and then also deliver it out to our fans. 
Uh, we use tools from Hawkeye to help us produce every single stream because every single stream has its own producer uh, on it. And so they follow that, that group for all 18 holes and cut the cameras on a laptop that is being done uh, in London and Atlanta. So it's all being done remote uh, and in the cloud. Um, in fact, all of this is being implemented in the cloud. And then, and last and certainly not least, is our work that we're doing with WSC Sports, um, who you, has a platform that uses AI and ML to uh, look at uh, video clips or look at video as it comes in and automatically clip highlights out. So we couldn't possibly you know, take in that much video and have a staff to clip and post all those shots. So every single shot that you see from every shot live, as a matter of fact, every shot that you see, I've really seen as a highlight on the PGA Tour over the last five or six years has come out of the WSC Sports tech stack um, as an automated clip, which really just empowers us again to bring more of our fan, more of our players uh, closer to our fans. Uh, so that's that's really one of the biggest achievements that we've had over the last uh, four or five years. And I mean, I as I asked that question, I mentioned for fans watching on TV, and that probably is uh, probably belies my um, my experience personally, which is watching it with my grandparents on TV, literally watching golf on the big box you know, cardboard box, it's about two feet deep in terms of the TV. And that that was right. my first experience of golf. Um, and, you know, they hit the ball and you can't see where it is because it gets lost in the cloud and the camera's shaking around trying to find it. And then you look at golf experience today and it's, it's as you said, with PGA Tour being able to do uh, that, that digital mobile and streaming first um, content and then, having the fans being able to choose and select what they want. And so that's all the technical capabilities. What is it about this technology and this breakthrough that is happening that we're seeing such an exponential rate of it introduced in golf Uh, in terms of where you see compared to other sports, I guess the broadcast experience from say 15 years ago to now um, has had a fairly linear um, innovation curve, if, if that's what you want to call it, where it goes, well, we introduce new features and things like this and, and multicast and stuff like that. I feel like golf and, and PGA Tour as the leader has just kind of exploded in this space in the last couple of years. Um, is that the technology's caught up to what you want to do or is that the fans going, no, 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 we need we need this. This is something that that in terms of how we experience it, we want it or is it a bit of both? What's What's been the breakthrough? For us, it's it, it has been a bit of both. I mean, it's, it's one is is fan consumption habits have really changed to where people are able to watch wherever they are uh, and and watch however they want to watch, whether they're following on Twitter feeds or they're following something like Every Shot Live or they're following our linear feeds. So it's really about where the fan is and how they want to consume. Uh, so that's that's been a big part of it. But the other part of it is is that. It's definitely the technology has caught up to where we want to be, where we want to be and where we want to take our fans, not only in, in the act of, of, of achieving the technology that we need to do this, but also in the costs. So, you know, our sport, you know, being very different from other sports in that we're on 150 to 200 acres every week. We have 18 fields of play. We have typically three groups of three players in the first two days across you know on 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 you know three groups on on one hole at a time so the breadth of which we have to cover our sport is much different than a stick and ball sport um you know and we have to we also are, are traveling and we, we are basically a traveling circus where we have to 
pick up every week and move to the next event or and, and then set up for that event and and it's all temporary so we don't have a stadium to build in and so it took a while for the technology to kind of get up to speed there what really what really what you're seeing i think is the advent of a lot of this going into the cloud um a lot of the work that we've been doing with aws and that you're seeing in the industry um and the connectivity that's now available there um you know we've shifted the entire model of consumption of, of delivery so that the the entire model of consumption can change and when you're when you do that then it just begins to accelerate all the other products um that you could then begin to create for your fans on different dimensions you know like, like i said earlier it allows us to create something like every shot live at the players championship um it allows us to do four streams on pga tour live now every week on espn plus plus the linear stream plus the world feed um so those are all being produced and there'll be more of that uh, as we continue to go forward um you know it allows our teams to get out there and and take video on their phones or take video on different types of devices in order to deliver that to social media and to different types of content um and so really the entire tech stack up and down has really changed and given us a great deal of flexibility and the interesting thing is that as it, as it has gotten more complex and we've gone more in the cloud we just see you know we're starting at one set of costs and then every year those costs are beginning to drop which is what is enabling us to do more. And is something like 5G assisting with that? And I specifically think of things uh, like augmented reality experience of, for fans on the course, because that was certainly something that I was seeing five years ago, was seeing similar to what we have now, but in kind of a lab environment. And then you go, well, how much is this going to cost? And how do fans actually access that? And it goes, it's 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 essentially impossible because of the bandwidth that it takes. Um, and whilst you're still trying to run all your actual broadcast equipment and things like that, and another unique issue with golf is you can't just dig up half the course to to lay lay a fiber optic cable or whatever else you need. Um, certainly, the greenskeepers are going to be too impressed if uh, if that's what you do across one of the greens. So, is is internet connectivity as that gets faster, cheaper, more accessible, kind of unlocking doors that you previously had locked? Yeah, so it's it, connectivity, it, it, you know, there's all kinds of challenges when you go to a course, just like you're saying, is we still we still put out a lot of fiber to every every course because that's or every hole, because right now that's the way that we deliver everything back. Um, oftentimes the challenge for us is kind of with the last mile off the course is finding the right circuit, finding the right connectivity locally to get that bandwidth off the course. But on the upside is that that, that has progressed so much is that when I first got here and start, started getting involved with what's going on the course, it all used to be satellites. Like it all used to be like drive everything back to a couple of trucks in the compound, throw it up on the satellite and get it back to our TV partners. Now everything we do is delivered IP. Um, so we've been able to make the, that connectivity. The connectivity for fans on the course is still a challenge. Um, as it is in many sporting venues still, you do you are beginning to see 5G begin to roll out at different venues, particularly at indoor venues right now. Um, there's still a lot of work on 5G to be done, and we're, we're doing some of this work with our partners at AT&T and others um, to um, uh, uh, figure out how to implement 5G in an outdoor uh, variant, you know, variable environment, a lot of different variant conditions that you have to work on. And that 5G experience will not only be for fans on the course to make sure that, you know, you can post a picture to Instagram when you when you want to, wherever you are on the course, but it also will become part of our delivery. You will probably see 
Um, as we do now, we have multiple Wi-Fi networks on the course. We have a fan Wi-Fi network. We have our Shotlink scoring Wi-Fi network. We have some Wi-Fi that we do for broadcasting and hospitality. Uh, you'll eventually get to see layers of 5G uh, implementation that will eventually be part of our, our uh, going across the course. Um, that will enable us to do more on the course uh, for our fans um, and be so they'll be able to consume all, all the video that we have going out. Um, but as you mentioned earlier, it also enables us to do things like augmented reality. We've already started taking some steps in that direction. Uh, over the past year, we've been working with a company by the name of Quintar, uh, who we have partnered with to bring fans near live shot trails through their iPhones uh, when they're standing greenside at, at signature holes. Um, and so one of the challenges that you, know, you go to golf tournament, if you're standing on a, even if you're standing on a par three, that's 180, 200 plus yards, you can't always see the, the who the players are on the tee box. So what we've enabled is the PGA Tour AR app, which you can pick it up and aim it down the fairway at the players on the tee box. Once those three players hit their hit their golf balls, you will see shot trails go from those players, and you can follow it along on your phone in augmented reality and see where the ball actually landed on the green, see how far it is to the hole. Uh, so that's one thing that we'll be able to do. Another thing, because the property is so big, will be wayfinding. You know, how do we get a player? You know, how do we get a, a fan of, of Ricky Fowler onto the course? Um, you know, at, at the entry point and let them know that Fowler's over on the ninth hole here at TPC Sawgrass and then give them the route, you know, how to get there. Um, so I think there's going to be a bunch of uses that for that type of fan engagement augmented reality. And then more and more, you'll see that, you know, come into our telecast and our streaming, you know, traditionally now you see, it's funny to think of it as augmented reality, but it kind of is, is our, our shot trails and track man and top tracer implementations uh, on the telecast. Where you where we augment uh, with the shot trail, so fans can see on the telecast or on PGA Tour live streaming uh, where the players' shots are going is a big part of what we're doing. Uh, so there'll be more and more of that to come uh, as as we continue to evolve the connectivity on the course. And, and with that example, so the AR integration um, with the app with uh, Quintar, how do you decide with these new experiences um, when to build it in house and when to partner with? with someone externally or, and then the follow on is who do you decide to partner with? Sure. So that's, that's something that we do every, every day here is we have an innovation team. Um, they are looking at these types of innovations every day uh, and are very focused on, they're actually budgeted to go out and run experiments in certain areas. Um, the way that we tend to look at it is we are golf technology subject matter experts here at the tour and the teams and the teams that I run, which are the broadcast technology team and the digital uh, digital technology teams. And what we'll do is we'll bring in experts. Like So like we want to go do augmented reality and we're not here sitting and working on augmented reality as an implementation um, in the technology. So we'll go partner with a company like Quintar, who we know has expertise in that area and is particularly focused on augmented reality. And what we'll do is we'll work with them over the coming years and look at and see how their implementations uh, work out, how they work out for our fans. Over time, we may take that technology in-house uh, and do it ourselves as it becomes more of a commodity. Um, so that's usually where we will decide to do something out of house. If there's something very specific to golf, so like our, we have a whole technology here team here that's dedicated to ShotLink, um, and that's our scoring system. On that side, we will we have the experts. We develop that technology. So if we're going to go in and, and use uh, uh, create new shot trails or create the next version of ShotLink. Uh, we'll drive that ourselves. We'll drive out the requirements. Uh, we will bring in other vendors to work with us. So, you know, good good vendors we're working with it now are like TrackMan, 
uh, um, uh, ARL, uh, Virtual Eye, which is out of New Zealand, uh, and uh, CapTech, uh, among others, who we bring in as vendors to help us uh, either augment development staff or to help us work on things and figure things out. So really is a balance. I and mean, quite often on something that's cutting edge, we'll work with somebody from the outside first to make sure that we understand what the technology looks like and and how we can implement it. Yeah, and obviously with things like cloud computing, AWS going with with uh, with leaders in the space, being able to give you, as you said, like being a, a subject matter expert on golf and golf technologies is playing to your strengths. Um, exactly. It's yeah, it's it's very interesting to see, especially large larger organizations, what is built in house and what is going. You know what? This is our core. We know our core, and then things outside of that will get people to help help us with. And then if it gets to a critical mass, then we can start to bring it in, um, bring it in house. So, in terms of those innovations and 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 tech uh, experiences, so what's one of the most important ones that your average golf fan wouldn't see, but would definitely notice the end result of? So, looking at the kind of the plumbings and pipes, everything behind the scenes. What's something over the last say eighteen months that you've introduced that has been a big breakthrough, but wouldn't be the shiny thing in front of a fan. Yeah, I think I think what we are beginning to do is get a better understanding of AI and ML, uh, particularly as we work with uh, AWS and, and their our official partner in this space, and they are certainly the the industry leader in this space. And so we are beginning to use that use those frameworks to help create content for our fans. So. A good example is we uh, recently went and became kind of started feeding first party data to the Amazon uh, uh, Echo platforms and Alexa so that you can ask Alexa, you know, what the score is at the recent PJ Tour event or, or how did Roy McIlroy shoot today? Uh, and all of that goes, you know, it doesn't even require a, a skill any longer on, on the Alexa, on the Alexa platforms. You can just ask because we've spent time integrating that in there and in other places. Um, we use AI and ML to um, produce stories for our players. Uh, and so, uh, you know, as you can imagine, an average PGA Tour event starts out with about 120 players on Thursday and Friday, 70 players roughly over the weekends. Um, you can't write, you can't hire enough staff to write a story on every player, but every player uh, on the PGA Tour has a fan or a group of fans. And so we want to make sure that we can tell the story about how that player played that day. And so what the AI and ML platform allows us to do is to write stories based on the shot link data that we get in every single day. So a player that's in first place gets an automated story and a player that's in last place gets an automated story. Um, and as we go more and more into AI and ML, we'll be making those richer experiences. So you know, in some cases they include video, uh, but we'll have video, audio, we'll use photography. Um, and it's really going to end up leading to something that we're going to be building called the Media Lake um, that will allow us to contextually generate a wide variety of content for every shot that's hit on the PGA Tour. So, you know, and then the the last thing which I mentioned before is, you know, we've we've I think at this point we've tripled the amount of video that we put out every single week, um, and that's done you know working with our friends at WSC Sports, um, and really has given fans an opportunity to see more and more in every shot uh, from every PGA Tour player. Uh, and then the, the last thing that I'll mention along those lines is our TourCast product, uh, which is our digital twin of everything that happens on the PGA Tour. Um, it's really kind of a, you know, it's definitely a precursor to a metaverse play at some point. 
Uh, but you can see every single shot hit in 3D and a 3D recreation of the entire course uh, uh, from every event that we have full shot link scoring at. Um, so you can see not only where you know, where Rory McIlroy hit a shot, but you can see the shape of his shot because we bring in the radar data uh, that actually shows you what the shape of his tee shot may look like coming off the tee. And you can see that all the shot trails all around the course. You can basically explore uh, every inch uh, of the course for that week. So uh, AI and ML is really one of those strong platforms that, um, you know, we, we have brought in the experts here to help us um, learn. And then more that we learn, the more our team is going to be able to produce with it. And is that met, uh, Metaverse, I guess, digital twin, is the digital twin just as a fan experience or is that used to improve uh, managing things on the course. Uh, I just think of the example of SoFi Stadium, for instance, has a digital twin um, that they use to manage everything. You know, how is how is air conditioning performing in this part of the building versus how is, you know, internet connectivity versus that and just building out that as a process um, for improvements. Is that something you're looking at there or is it more on that, I guess, that metaverse fan experience immersive side? Well, it's, you know, it's funny. We started out with the, with the meta, you know, kind of the metaverse fan experience side, but our, uh, our, uh, uh, our, our teammates over in agronomy uh, took a look at what we were doing and they came to us and asked, Hey, can we, can we use Torcast or use the Torcast assets to help us model out, you know, changes in courses, right? So if they want to move a, move, you know, move the shape, you know, change the shape of a green or move a sand trap or bunker, they want to be able to see what that looks like from the point of view of a player and from the point of view of somebody that has to manage the course. And so we're beginning to, to do things like that. We certainly have a lot of live data to do things like that. And um, I've seen some things, some great things recently with the DP world tour, um, you know, our, our partners over at the European tour, they, they actually work and do some things with course management as well. Um, kind of in that aspect of using all of these assets to help manage the, what they do from, from fibering around the course to, where are balls landing during the course of an event? Do they need to make adjustments to the rope lines where crowds, you know, can sit and stand and watch a watch an event, or you know, they can move the rope lines if too many players have hit into a certain area, um, and they need to move the fans back. So I think we're going to be seeing more and more business to business sort of metaverse executions um, as everybody becomes more comfortable with it. And it's interesting because it, that sometimes the industrial use of a, of a of a new technology is what drives a fan adoption of it because People get used to using it at work. And on the other side, sometimes fan engagement or fan engagement around a particular platform, you know, has the business side look up and go, hey, we could be using that for these internal purposes as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, I mean, VR is one of those those spaces that the the user applications are bringing people into an immersive sports experience, but then also on the industrial side of someone working to train themselves in, in high-risk situations, you know, industrial uh training courses, safety courses, stuff like that, put a headset on someone, train them through what they're doing. And then, you know, it's the same technology that can be applied over. So on that metaverse piece, what else are you looking at, if anything, into Web3, metaverse, kind of the really future out there stuff? What are, What's on the horizon? So we're, we're definitely in the middle of planning for what we believe to be will be the next set of consumer uh, facing platforms and business to business platforms, which will be supported in in both respects by Met, the metaverse and Web three. Um, I think we've all learned over the last couple of years as we watch both you know the the those types of infrastructures come up. 
um, that they're not necessarily, you know, that they are, uh, you know, Web3 web and Metaverse are kind of almost separate things, but Web3 is really, you know, I see that more now as kind of the plumbing um, that may help some of the things that you want to do in the Metaverse. The Metaverse can be done and is being done without Web3 technology. Uh, so for us on the Web3 side, um, you will see probably in the coming months, uh, some things that we're going to be doing on the uh, NFT and fantasy sports gaming side uh, on the Web3 side uh, that I can't speak to directly yet, uh, but that should be coming and announced very soon. So I think we're going to work on that. We do feel pretty strongly that Web3 will will give us some ability to create some new programs for fans that will allow them to you know almost uh, uh, be a part of or take ownership in parts of the PGA Tour and our events. Um, so through blockchain and crypto and those types of approaches. And I think you're seeing some of those approaches, you know, great examples of the work that's being done by MLB right now and, and, and you know, the NBA with top shots and uh, some of the things that we're seeing in some of the entertainment areas. So I think for Web3, you'll, you'll see more on that from us in the coming months. Uh, the metaverse, uh, it's funny because we've been talking a lot about this internally. Uh, in a lot of ways, we've been preparing for what is coming at, at us as the metaverse uh, over the past five years. And it really started with us you know, years ago, probably I think it was in 17 and 18, we did live streaming on VR platforms from the 17th hole out here at TPC Sawgrass. We were one of the first leagues to do that um, and give fans kind of an immersive 3D experience of what it's like to be on the 17th hole here. Uh, we've done work over the past years with Magic Leap uh, and Microsoft and their HoloLens platforms, uh, creating uh, virtual experiences that were largely experimental and internal, uh, but ways for us to project an entire golf course across a tabletop, being able to see where every shot's being hit. And to the point you brought up earlier is how could we manage the course in doing things like that? Uh, certainly the, the things that we're doing on augmented reality are a big part play of kind of what the metaverse will be. Uh, for us, or in part because we think that there's an XR kind of a crossover uh, aspect to this, where if you're at an event, we can use augmented reality uh, to help enhance what you're experiencing at the event and what you're seeing at the event and what you have the opportunity to do there. And then, you know, our Torcast product is really, you know, I, I used the term digital twin earlier. It's really, you know, one of the first layers of a metaverse experience. Well, too, um, you know, the, 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 the Torcast product has well over 250,000 people, you know, 250,000 monthly active users on it wow. for an hour inside Torcast uh, consuming, you know, the events. So they're, they're really spending time there. And what I want to do with that in the future is I want to give you know, what we don't have there now is we don't give fans a presence. Um, they can sit and engage and move things around, but there's not, not, not that first step yet of, of a real metaverse engagement layer. So I think getting fans a presence there, allowing them to do other activities there. I think at some point, you know, the NFT and an avatar program probably works inside that as well too. Um, and will help us to continue to grow that and, and create a really unique experience. You, know, you can watch a video there as well too, in a 2d sense, you can see all the highlights that we bring in also go to Dorcast. So we're pretty excited about that. And then last but certainly not least is our, partnership with uh, 2K and 2K21, which is the PGA Tour, uh, official PGA Tour video game right now. Um, you know, they basically have all of the elements uh, of a metaverse there. Um, it's a wildly popular and active community. Um, they have well over 800,000, uh, uh, you know, monthly active users in that environment. Um, people are buying and, and, and buying virtual 
outfits to wear while they play golf. They're buying virtual golf clubs. They're spending a great deal of time in that environment. Uh, and in that environment, on, on weeks that we play on TPCs, typically, so when we're playing the, the, the Players' Championship championship here at the TPC Sawgrass, at the same time, our friends at 2K uh, are also putting on a, a virtual uh, Players' Championship where fans can play for elevated uh, virtual uh, coins uh, in that environment during the same week. So we literally have a digital twin that is being played asynchronously by our fans any time of day during that week in a heightened event that actually is a parallel to what's going on on the course. Um, so there's a lot of places that we've started um, that that I think are the are the uh, precursors to what what will lead to a, a broader uh, metaverse experience that the tour will create. Yeah, as I said at the beginning, I've been impressed with the innovation that golf and the PGA Tour has has led and and shown in the last couple of years. And I really think that the metaverse space is a huge, huge opportunity for for I mean sports in general, but definitely for sports like golf and tennis, where it is a generally a participation sport. Um, but then so you have people that play that and love that. Um, but in terms of the professional setting, it's these iconic courses in iconic locations spread across the year, spread across across the globe. We were talking about the Grand Slam of golf um, in terms of the majors and and things like that. That it's that people have this connection with them and want to be able to visit, want to have that as a bucket list. And for a lot of people, that might not happen. It might happen once, but to give them the opportunity to uh, be immersed. Um, wherever it is uh, at their favorite course during their favorite tournament is just is incredibly powerful and something that the metaverse does does offer people that really want to really dive into that um and we had ridley ridley Plummer from uh the australian open tennis australia talking about some of the um metaverse activations that they did in in decentraland uh at the right. australian open this year and and that's a prime example is that people will say you know when this time of year rolls around, it's the Australian Open in Melbourne. Um, and they know the court, they know Rod Laver, they know the area and they want to be a part of it and they want to dive into it. So it's giving fans that opportunity. And I think, yeah, I definitely think that these initiatives are, are where it's going to be that next wave of uh, innovation for the PGA Tour. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, you know, for all the sports, I think, you know, particularly for us is that, we're going to end up changing the nature of what it means to attend an event. Um, you know, attending an event is, and we always want people to come to our events um, and, and experience our events in person. But if you can't, you know, if you're halfway around, around the world and you can't get there, um, we want you to be able to attend our events in a, in a metaverse like environment, right. And be able to give you that type of experience of standing outside the ropes, watching live streaming video, or maybe a, you know, a digital twin of what exactly what is going on and, and be able to build a gallery and a community around that. Um, and so really that's, that's what we're talking about here is, is really changing the, the definition of what it means to attend an event. Great. Well, I think that's a perfect note to end on. Thank you so much for your time, Scott. I do have one last question before we go. Something we ask all our guests, what is your favorite sporting moment of all time? <laughs> wow. Um, my favorites, uh, my favorite, Favorite, uh, I, I, if I'm if I'm fair, I have to say I have to say two right now. Um, one is I'm a I'm a graduate of Florida State University, so I was at the 90, 1993 national championship game in the old Orange Bowl, which is something I will always 
always treasure and, and always uh, uh, found it. You know, that's one of my best sporting experiences there with all my best friends. Uh, but my second was it was and uh, it was actually out here at TPC Sawgrass um, in 2015. I uh, was lucky enough to be standing there on the 17th hole when Ricky Fowler uh, came through three times uh, and just threw darts uh, at the Sunday pin placement. Um, and it was just one of the most exciting things I've I've ever seen and watched to, to watch somebody just take shots at the hole like that and the you know the crowd inside the bowl. That's that 16 and 17 was just going crazy the entire time. So that, that, that was a lot of fun. That's great. That's uh, yeah. There's, there's always the ones, one's always on brand when we ask people if they have to split two. (laughs) And then there's another one that is uh, buried deep in the heart, which is obviously the, uh, the Florida win there. Exactly. Exactly. That Florida state win. Always got to make sure we collect Florida and Florida state. So yes. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'll say you know, there's only there's only one Texas, so there you go. Exactly, you exactly. The Texas Longhorns, not Texas a and so <laughs> I'll definitely get some hate mail for that comment, but it happened. <laughs> well, thanks so much for your time, Scott. Really appreciate it, and um, yeah, looking forward to seeing seeing this, experiencing this, and hopefully making it out to um to a tournament in person to be able to actually um see some of the innovations on the course. Great, thank you so much, Thomas. Appreciate appreciate your time.